When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We got Rudo and AJ coming to you live today talking more draft. We should throw it out there. If you haven't heard, on Tuesday... We will be doing a mock draft with all of the All-City folks, including everyone from PHNX and CHGO. We divvied up the whole first round. Uh, it should be a fun one. I get to pick for Anaheim, so I am trying to sell the second overall pick to the highest bidder, but we'll see if I can get anyone to bite. Uh, it should be fun. You're in negotiations with uh, one of the other GMs? I am. Stalled out or what? I mean, he never got back to me, so he was like, I want it. And I was like, here's the cost. All right. So we'll see. Uh, I, I uh, Adam Fantilli. I won't feel that bad about it, to be honest. <laughs> I uh, am in the fortunate position of being the Nashville and Winnipeg GMs. Living large. Yeah. I still want to <laughs> trade Matt Duchesne for Blake Wheeler or some dumb shit just because <laughs> nobody can stop me. Just intermingle your own pieces as much as humanly possible. Exactly. Like, just do like <laughs> multiple blocks. Like, let's do Hellebuck for UC Soros. <laughs> yes. Just because you can. Perfect. Exactly. I have the power. So, should be fun. Keep your eyes out for that on Tuesday in the lead up to the draft. We'll also be talking a bunch of draft stuff today. Before we do, uh, obviously, the big news of the last couple of days the NHL Board of Governors meetings are currently going on still. Um, day one, there was mostly talk about the salary cap, uh, talk about the cost and evaluation of teams. And, of course, the talk about warm-up jerseys, which, <laughs> look. Ima- imagine you're sitting down and you're like, all right, we need to we need to go through the league's most pressing issues. And warm-up jerseys is the first thing. Warm-up jerseys is on your day one docket. Kind of ridiculous. Um, from a personal standpoint, to me, obviously, it's extremely disappointing the underlying reasons that the NHL is choosing to do this and their lack of support for their own initiatives, such as everyone can play, but also they could just be making more money by creating and allowing the players to wear these jerseys. No. Yeah. I mean, game worn jerseys are going to be worth more than, you know, I guess game worn jerseys. Yeah. Warm-up worn jerseys are just going to be more valuable and worth more money than the jerseys. If they just sell one jersey per player, 
Yep. You know, where they just slap a nameplate on it and the player never even comes close to the thing. Yep. Okay. Uh, it just seems, it it seems, um, you know, obviously the focus has been on the pride jerseys. Of course. Uh, that's where, that's that's what started all of this. Um, Ivan Provorov just decided that he didn't want to wear it. Yeah. He doesn't hate anybody, but uh, he just doesn't want to wear a rainbow, which stands for things against what he stands for. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. Yep. The rainbow hurt his fifis. So it is what it is, man. It's it's disappoint it's disappointing. It's predictable that the NHL would be like well, instead of instead of make continuing to make news because a couple of players are doing this, we're going to tear down this entire system to the floor. Yeah, yeah, uh, and cater all of it specifically to them. This is Great. something we've talked about in previous shows in multiple years, where we want them to wear these jerseys in a game. Yeah. Why not? Why not? And not just the pride jerseys. The the military ones, the Vancouver's Dolly ones are like amazingly Amazing. cool. And now none of these jerseys are gonna get worn. Yeah. In warm up, let alone a game. Yep. It's just it's it's super disappointing on multiple levels. And I really, really don't like when we have to go on here and do shows about how the NHL continues to be its own worst enemy. And continues just from a, a social standpoint, from a caring about its fan base, you know, it's just, it's just continues to be disappointing. It's a huge letdown for, for me that it feels like we're moving in the wrong direction, to be honest, uh, in terms of inclusivity and, and making people feel like they are welcome in this space. The people, the people that were not feeling welcome were, I, I don't want to get into this. I, I just, I'm disappointed, man. I just think they're the bigotry wins another battle. Yeah. It's uh usually I can rely on the NHL's greed wanting money to overcome that, but not this time. Um, it sucks. Yeah. No real two ways around it. Um, yep. Hopefully the NHL does better next time. That's all I can really say. Yeah. Um, anyway, nothing super interesting through the rest of day one of the Board of Governors. As expected, the cap's only going to go up a million dollars. Not allowing reporters other than Elliot Friedman to be there. Was a little weird, for sure. What is that? Don't really understand that, but... I think from a journalistic standpoint, that's very concerning. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how many times have we gone on here and explained how stupid the NHL is when it comes to marketing their own sport. But yeah, I mean, this is way deeper than marketing. This is a, I, I understand. This is a controlling messaging. You have serious concerns about exclusivity and what is being allowed to be reported and all sorts exactly. of other exactly there, but. You have one reporter that you handpicked that's allowed to go there. How do we how do we know that that person's not being told what he can and cannot say about what's yep. actually being said in those meetings? Yep. I don't know. I just 
I hate that we have to do this every year and be like, here's the NHL still screwing this up. Yeah. But here yeah. we are. I mean, what Dana White said about the NHL was true. I don't know what he said. Oh, man, it's not great. No, that sounds like Dana White. Um, it's not great. He was right, though. Uh, basically, the NHL doesn't know what it's doing marketing-wise. I mean, I think it's safe so. to say they haven't known what they're doing for the past decade marketing-wise. It's tough. So you had hoped the new television deal was a step in the right direction, but it's hard to feel like that in this moment. So, yeah, I don't know. There will be more governors meeting stuff. I'm sure there will be NHL PA conversations as well. We'll see if anything else comes out of this stuff. I'm going to move on at this point. AJ, I I still don't know if I want to take a goalie in the first round. <laughs> but there's look okay <laughs> around the league around the league. I've 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 been told by multiple people that there are guys looking at at least Michael Harabo in the first round. Yeah, I think that. Um... Every year we kind of do this dance where we're like the teams that it makes the most sense to are contenders uh, who like like don't have any major needs. Yeah. Uh, teams with multiple picks who are comfortable taking that chance. Yep. Um, this year the teams with multiple picks, like St. Louis, is I think the only one that has one late enough in the first round doesn't make a ton of sense for them to take a goalie like it it with three first rounders they're really the only team uh of the owns multiple first round picks teams that i think you could make that argument for where they use 10 on a defenseman they mm-hmm. use a they use their other pick in the 20 they're both late in the 20 i think so. it's like 29 and 30 or something yeah right? they're both late so um like the next, whatever their next pick is, I don't have the order in front of me. Um, they use on, I, I don't know, who cares? Somebody. And then, and then the goalie, I yeah. think one of them is 29th. Um, and if they, I think use, so I think and they, if they were to use 29 on the goalie, that one would make sense to me. Where it's like, cool, totally, I get it. Because they could get, yeah, would you be overdrafting? This is the conversation here is, would you be overdrafting a guy on your list like would you be drafting a guy you know Robble you don't see Robble on any uh, really any on very many lists in the 20s not many some of them but not sure. m- not many of them they're mostly he's in 30s and 40s right sure he is the only goalie up there though like, and but there are you know uh, uh Adam Guyan is the other one that you see mentioned as a uh, as a second, second round guy, rounder. yeah. And there's 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 two more that that you could probably make an argument for going in the second round, but that's where if you're drafting your St. Louis, you've already picked twice in the first round. You're yeah. sitting at 29, and you're saying, "Hey, you know, we don't pick again for however long it is, uh, whatever the number of picks is. We think that this guy will be gone. He's the best at his position in the draft class this year." We feel good about this position, the other positions in our system. Let's go ahead and draft that guy. 
They picked 25th you know, and 29th for the record. Okay, cool, great. So 29th. They use that pick, and it's, well, hey, this guy is 37th on our list, but we're sitting at 29. We're not going to trade back for more. We've already drafted a forward, whatever. It, exactly. I mean, at that point, they might have drafted a, a defenseman and a forward. Yeah. Two defensemen, you know, two forwards, whatever. Um, and it's and it's it, I mean, drafting drafting this guy isn't going to change Jordan Bennington. It, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't yep. change any of that. If this guy's in the NHL by the time Bennington's contract ends, it will have gone pretty well. And for the record, Harabel is committed to UMass, so he's going the college route. So it's yeah, not and. The- juniors route where you have two years to decide on the kid you have four big change here he was supposed to go back to omaha the ushl yeah he is no longer doing that and will be enrolling early at umass so he'll be in you at umass next year yep so that for me that ups his stock a little bit because it shortens that timeline his timeline to turning pro gets one year shorter yep um and obviously, if you're taking him in the first round, you believe that you will be, you will be signing him someday. Yeah, you will want him to turn pro someday. <laughs> like you're, you know. So that's where, that's where if you're if you're again, I use St. Louis because they have three first rounders. This is we're an Avs pod. We're obviously having this conversation about the Avs. The conversation is identical. It's just if he's thirty third on their board and they're sitting at twenty seven. And they just say, hey, you know what? We don't have, you know, Onanen is the is the only goaltender that we have in our system. He's been in the HL for a couple of years now. He's really starting to push so on the Trent NHL, Miner on the NHL door. Yeah, it is Trent Minor erasure, and he does something. <laughs> I'm sorry, but wrong. that's just it. You're not like, wrong. I'm not trying to be a dick here. It's it's just true that he hasn't even broken into an AHL job yet. Exactly. So, uh, you know, and when that happens, I'll start to take that more seriously, but you know, we're not there. So, um with with the Avs and Rubble, the interest would be we've got one pick. We don't pick again until the 5th round. Let's get a goalie. We've been taking shots on goalies in the 6th round and doing all this other stuff over the last few years. Not even coming close. We're not even getting a guy turning pro out of it. Trent yeah. Miner was the only one. And Zhigalov, uh, they took Zhigalov last year, played in the OHL, and is now back in Belarus. Yep. Which feels like out. a step back. Yep. Uh, here's here's the thing with this for me. You kind of mentioned it with Anna and I think if you look at the abs and you realistically think Francois has one year left on that deal, if your expectation is start of the 24-25 season, Anadin is stepping into that backup role, mm-hmm. yeah, you need to fill a, a prospect spot of goaltender for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts to make sense for me. And... I still struggle with the goalie in the first round because if if you're going to do this, you really cannot miss. Why? Because you have to be successful in the first round. Like they drafted Oscar Olauson. Yeah. Right now, and, it looks like that's gonna miss, and that looks bad. And and now, if you're gonna go miss again on a goalie, 
it's going to feel terrible. I, I mean, this is, missing is going to feel missing is going to feel terrible. Position I does agree. not matter I, there. The position doesn't matter there. What does matter there is there's a lot fewer positions or spots available for a goaltender than there is at any other position. So it's a lot easier to miss on one. Certainly, when it comes to an NHL career. Okay. And that's my big I'm not, concern. There. I'm not operating in that space of fear, though. Okay. I just, I just think, I just think, where, where I don't like this conversation is, it's forcing it. It's not sure. Jake Ottinger at the end of the first round, where that's right where he was listed. He just was listed guy as a really guy yeah. in the twenties that you were really comfortable with taking in that space. And he was a realistic conversation for a lot of those teams in the 20s the year he got drafted. And when he did get drafted, like at 26 or 27, whatever it was that Dallas traded up for uh, to draft him, it made sense. It just worked. You were like, yeah, he's that good. He belongs in this area. And with the conversation that you're having with Robble, Guyen, uh, Brad mentioned Trey Augustine, you're just not in that category quite. Exactly. You you you're having a real conversation where you're saying if you're taking this guy at 37 instead of 27, you're feeling way better about it. So so let me ask you this then. We've talked a lot about the Avs trading the pick. That's mostly in the sense of them going out and getting a two center or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is there a world where they trade back? Yes. And I think if you do that, if you move back, um, Chicago is everybody's favorite target because I think they have picks 35 and 55 of the second round. Yeah. So you have yep. the third pick of the second round and then you have a late second rounder as you well. Also, the only other real options would be like Anaheim at 33 and 59. Or... Yeah. See, this, this from Brad where he says there's no reason they shouldn't trade the pick is living in this made up world in which you can get teams to do whatever that you want them to do. Yeah. It's and those teams, there has to be a team that wants to that pick for a reason. And it has to be value. That makes sense. You're not just going to do it in order to do it because you've decided to, to make, to, to make that trade. Chicago has to want to move up from 35 and 55 yeah. To 27. There's got to be somebody there that they want. Obviously, things have to fall into place, but I will say there are a number of teams they can look at. You mentioned Chicago, Anaheim. Someone else mentioned Anaheim in the chat. Uh, yeah, you have Detroit has, Detroit has three. 41, 42, and 43. Buffalo has 39 and 45. That's actually weird that it worked out that they had three yeah. picks in a row. Uh, Nashville is 46 and 47. If you're okay with moving that far back, it, there, are, there are teams they can work with, but you are right those teams would want someone at the end of the first round if they're willing to trade up. That's and and that's where you have to wait till draft day to be like we'll see. Yeah. And they have to give that value if if it's 35 and 75, I don't know that I want to do that deal. Sure. You'd really be looking for so at minimum the Anaheim pick at minimum you're moving up 7 spots into the first round. Yeah, you would you would really like another second for any team moving up into the first, right? Just value wise. Twenty minutes late on this comment, my man. Um, yeah, I mean value wise, like 
you know, the NFL draft is wonderful because somebody made up a chart and decided to put values next to all those. I don't know that the NHL has one of those. I have no idea how to value those picks. I'm assuming that organizations have something internal. I mean, so there are there are charts out there of expected percentage of players picked there that make the NHL or whatever. Yeah. But actual, like, evaluation, it's really, really hard in the NHL. Because in the NHL, more than certainly the NFL and basketball, baseball can be a little weird with their draft. The NHL gets superstars out of random late round picks all the time. I mean, it happens, yeah. I get by all the time, I mean like maybe one a draft, but compared to other leagues, that's significantly more often. So it, okay. it, it, there has long been this sentiment in the NHL of just accumulating more lotto picks gives you a better chance of hitting the lottery, right? Yeah, but there's also a point where, like, where Chicago is, where they have four second-round picks, they sure. have two first-round. Like, you're not using all these. Yeah, I mean... It, like, it, like it doesn't make sense to actually sit and draft. Yeah, you. it makes more sense to give away your lotto picks for current value. Or, or consolidate them and move up for a better pick. Like, that's... It doesn't make sense for these teams to make all these picks because... If they sign all these guys, you only have 50 contracts you're allowed to do. If you if you have a two-year window where you've made 25 picks, well, look, if we're sticking it's hard with to the, sign all those yeah, guys. If we're sticking with the lotto comparison, a first round pick is like getting a lottery ticket that is guaranteed to have the first three numbers correct, right? Like <laughs> I mean, that's more like a top ten pick. Sure, but for a first round pick is like the first number. You understand the analogy, right? Yes. Like, that's my point. So, obviously, you want to maximize your chances of success when it comes to every single pick you make. And the best way to do that is either consolidate your picks and trade up or yeah. get value for your pick and trade down and get multiple picks. Yeah, and the abs are in the world where, you know, they might have to be having a conversation of, is it better? is it better for us if we're going to trade out of 27, is it better for us to trade down to, uh, let's say, Columbus? Sure. And get their second and third round picks. So 34 and what, like 66 or something? Yeah, the, like one of the is, very yeah. first picks of the third round. Or would you rather do a, would you rather trade down with a team and get next year's second round pick? We have no idea where in the round that's going to be. Yeah. You don't know how good that team's going to be. You don't know where they're going to finish, how it's all going to go. But it gives you, you know, that gives you an asset that you can't turn around and use that day, but you use it. You could use it in a trade uh, right then. You could use it at the deadline. You could use it at next year's draft. Just becomes part of your organization that you can actually make use of this thing again. Well, and I, I would you rather do something like that versus I, getting a high third? Like, I think that those are the conversations they're going to have to have. So I, I do think. Floor. That specific scenario is super interesting for Colorado because what do they not have to play with? They don't have mid-round picks to trade yeah. this year. Yeah. So accumulating some to then use in another move, it makes a lot of sense on paper for Colorado to do something like that. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and that's where if you get that second, if you do, let's go 35-55 example. Just to make it easy, yep. 
you trade 55 to New Jersey for Sharon Govich. Sure. You've taken a player with your with a second round pick. You turned your first round pick into a high second and then an, and NHL, an NHL player. roster player, yeah. Do you feel like you had a pretty good day of business there? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Is your is your system is your prospect system any any like significantly better? No. But if you pick at 27, that won't be true either. Look, for a team that's in a cup window, which the Avs are, anytime you turn a pick into an NHL roster player should be considered a win. Yeah. Now, you can get into conversations of, well, if you did it for a rental and this, that, and the other thing, sure, you'd like some term. Someone with Sharon Go- someone like Sharon Govich, you would get some term on. Yeah, he's an expiring RFA that you're probably going to give a multi-year deal to. That would be the, as close to what we talked about yesterday, running back Burakovsky. Yep. That would be the closest parallel to that deal. So the, the point we're digging down at here is the Avs need to find value yeah. with their pick. Whatever they, whether it's taking the guy or moving back or trading the pick outright, they have a lot of work to do to find the best value they can out of the pick. And as you mentioned, the value out there is going to vary wildly depending on what other teams are looking for in the moment. Yeah. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by the amazing folks over at American Raptors. If you don't know, they play at Infinity Park in Glendale. You can go check it out and you can get tickets to them for completely free. So it's literally a free day out on the town. Highly recommend you go check out Infinity Park. They have a bunch of amazing uh, stuff there, including like an arcade at the arena. It's kind of dope. I don't know. <laughs> I You don't think of like an arena as like a place to just go hang out, but that's what it is. So you can go check it out there. Obviously, if you're a Raptors fan, you can jump on that as well. Uh, you can watch all of their matches live on ESPN Plus if you can't make it down there and you're a big fan of rugby. Some of the best rugby in the country gets played here in Colorado. If you didn't know, the men's and women's USA 15 teams do practice there. So the Raptors have some pretty good pa- practice partners. Uh, highly recommend you go check them out and follow DNVR Rugby on Twitter. Our man Colton Strickler does a fantastic job with that sport. He gets all sorts of amazing interviews and, and talks to everybody in the sport. So go check them out. Uh, yeah, go follow DNVR Rugby on Twitter. Give a listen to the Rugby Podcast if you're a fan or if you're new. He's got 101 pods to hook you up with the sport. Also brought to you by FOCO. You can go to FOCO.com today. Just like the Avs had last year, the uh, the Nuggets bobbleheads for the championship are coming in to FOCO. So if you're a collector or you want some cool merch from the Nuggets chip, FOCO's the way to do it. Uh, you can use code DNVR to get 10% off your order on FOCO. They, of course, have licensed merchandise and apparel from all major sports teams. Uh, and a bunch of cool other stuff beyond just bobbleheads, a bunch of knickknacks and things like that that are super cool to to rep your team, whoever that might be, with FOCO.com. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Uh, there you go. Someone uh, someone getting their Manscaped order in. Just like <laughs> that. It's the way to do it. It's the way to do it right there. <laughs> so... When you look at pick 27, AJ, you kind of started getting into this conversation. The difference between 
pick 10 and pick 27 is a lot. You're not, I even top 15 call it. I think you really should be to call it a success. You should be drafting surefire NHLers in the top 15. Yeah. At 27, does it become a little bit easier for Colorado to say, you know what? This isn't a guaranteed prospect. This isn't someone we should really be hitting out of the park. We don't want to make this pick. What do you mean? I mean, because it's at 27, should they look to trade it more aggressively? Oh, because it's, you know, I, I think this year they're really comfortable with the class. Okay. I think, I think everybody is like, that's not an ab specific thing for sure. Um, I think, I think everybody's really comfortable with this draft class through about 50. Okay. And so then if they have to make the pick, they won't feel bad about it. Yeah. I think they'll look at it and they'll say, we're just going to take a guy. We're just going to, we'll take the top guy on our list. And, you know, I'm sitting here making a case for, Hey, take a goalie. I understand you're reaching a little bit, but it's only one pick. It's a little more valuable to you, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. uh, at the end of the day, if they just sit there and they say, hey, <laughs> we're just going to stick to our list. We're going to take the top guy on it and move on. Fine. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Um, I, I think that because of the dearth of assets in the organization, you could see a sense of urgency That's, of yeah i agree the problem the problem is, is even if they like when all, all these people that have been messaging me over the last 24 hours about elias Lindholm, uh because of the this the flames allegedly like, no one wants to sign it's him. like <laughs> it's funny you don't see canadian fans ha- hammering away at, to, to fold the flames and move them to quebec <laughs> Nobody wants to play for them either. Um, Anyway, it would seem. um, Yeah, no, I, I just, I don't think, I don't think like 27, it's just not a super valuable asset. Like it's more valuable to the Avs as a first round pick. Like, oh, it's a first round pick, but it's 27. Yeah. It's closer to a second round pick than a top 15 pick. (laughs) Yeah. um, Like it's just not. It's not as interesting. Um as, to be honest, even a even their twenty twenty four pick is probably gonna be more valuable because the team can say team trading for it can say, Okay. Maybe they don't win the central. <laughs> yeah, if they don't win their division and then they don't make a conference final, yeah. It's it's it will be higher than twenty seven. You could make an argument like it wouldn't be very hockey is the way that it is that you shouldn't feel insanely confident right now that the Avalanche are going to win the division and make the conference finals next year. So it could be more next year's pick could be more valuable as a trade piece than this one. But in terms of just trying to make something happen, if the abs got really desperate, and I don't think that this will happen. I really don't. But if they got really desperate and were trying to just force the issue of saying, Hey, we're going to find a two C that we can just lock in and let it be. And we're just going to not touch it. 
a set and forget guy, so we can yeah. be done with it for a few years. But one that won't also cost us Devon Taves. Like we're just gonna do what we have to to f- to figure this out for a few years. Not Elias Lindholm or PLD or Mark Shifley, where we lose that guy in free agency. Sure, locked up. Yeah, like a guy. You know, like we're talking. This is the Kevin Hayes or Sam Bennett or you know yep, whatever yep. conversation. Um, where you have a guy signed for at least a couple of years. Yep. You could see them on draft day being saying, you know, burning up the phones and saying, hey, you know, the Flyers are allegedly looking for another first round pick. You say, oh, hey, Kevin Hayes isn't going to get it done for us, but maybe we give you, you know, maybe we give you Josh Manson. Sure. And you guys give us, a, you know, a, a prospect of some some regard in, in, re- Whatever in return. Piece that is. Yeah, like they're what? after there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe this is where my Nick Sealer dream continues. You say, <laughs> "Hey, we'll give you Josh Manson, who John Tortorella would absolutely adore." Now, I don't know if Manson would approve to go there. Probably. Um, but... I I really don't know what that feeling would be. I know he doesn't really want to go out east, so seems unlikely. I mean, just an example, right? But yes, uh, as an example, because I know Sam Gerard's kind of a weird fit in there, so you can't just drop him into this and be like. Here you go, Philly. <laughs> like, have at him. <laughs> um, you know, with Tony D'Angelo and Cam York, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. I don't really need another puck mover. They need some guys that can actually play some defense. And as much as I'm fine with Gerard's defense, it's not. His calling card is being able to do both. So, let me ask you this. How do you feel about the Evs' second and third round picks in recent history? Because... I do think they've, I don't want to say turned the corner, but I think there's been a lot more promise in their second round and third round picks, starting from Connor Timmons in 2017. Timmons, obviously, the situation is what he is. I think a lot of people feel he's an NHLer when he can stay healthy. Uh, then you have Annan in the third round, which we're still waiting on because he's a goaltender. 2019, you have Drew Hellison. You feel pretty good about him being an NHLer over in Anaheim next year. Foodie. Third rounder in 2020, Sean Barron's their 2021 second rounder, and then obviously they didn't have anything in 2022. I mean, do you think moment, this organization is a bit more confident in their ability to pick in that range than they were 10 years ago? Well, this was the whole reason that they moved on from Heppel, from Heppel, uh, to Klippenstein was that they wanted they they weren't happy with those results. Yeah, and so they said, "Hey, we want a we want a different guy in charge here." Um, and and I think that you're not getting you haven't gotten any NHL games out of these guys for the most part. Yeah, yeah. True. I mean, like you haven't gotten you haven't gotten a consistent NHL player out of out of uh, for for the Avalanche. You haven't gotten that. Definitely. You know, they used Timmons to get a, to the goalie that won them a Stanley Cup. They used uh, Allison to get Lackanen. Or yeah, you're right. And then Barron to get Lackanen. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So like the the picks made in Klippenstein's era have turned into value elsewhere. Barron's is still TBD. Foodie is still TBD. We'll see how those are going. Sure. Um, like they feel like great picks now, but until they hit the NHL, 
does it matter? Yeah. It, yeah, it really like until they are consistently in the NHL, we are NHL players. And I think Jean-Luc Foodie's right there. I think he's close. But until they are, you don't really you can't really give them credit and say they've turned the corner yet. You feel a lot Fair. better. I mean, you do feel a lot better. Hellison, if he if he finds a spot on that that Ducks defense, you feel a lot better, like a lot better uh, okay. about about where they are have been headed. The problem is, is that they just don't have any of them, man. Like they just well, they and don't, that's and, like... and they don't have an obvious candidate. You remember when they traded Ryan Graves for the Barons pick? Yeah. Like trading Ryan Graves was the obvious one. Yeah, they don't have an obvious guy because their roster is so top heavy now, salary wise. That it's like, look, you're not going to trade Logan O'Connor. He's too valuable. Yep. On that contract, I've seen some people with the Pavel Francouz stuff, and it's the same thing with Francouz. You don't save two million dollars by by trading Pavel Francouz because you have to replace him. That's going to cost you at least a million dollars. And you very likely get a worse backup goaltender that costs you games. Exactly, and you're going to take that chance. You know, I know. In my uh, my big trade article last week, earlier earlier this week, it's only Friday. Uh, I traded Francois for Eric Comrie, but I also wrote in there why it, it doesn't work is because Francois is a much better NHL player yes, than Eric Comrie has worse been. Backup, full stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the prices, it, it, it the Avs saved two hundred k. Yeah, in that swap. But the downgrade is significantly more costly than 200k. Yep. So that's where that's where the Avs are in a really tough spot here. They don't have an obvious guy to trade. Yep. And if you were like, "Hey, trade Sam Gerrard," you don't want to trade him for futures. You yeah, you're you, especially if you're giving up a top six forward or a top four defenseman, which is what Sam Gerrard is on the Avalanche. Right. You have to make your roster better if you're yeah. going to do that. Think about think about how awful the Islanders have felt about getting two second rounders for Devon Taves, who at the time of the trade was in the same position that Gerard is currently in. Yep. As he was a second pairing guy. Yep. A good, a good but not great player. Now it's obviously been a lot worse because he Taves turned star. into a monster <laughs> in Colorado. But the second rounders, like those, would not be sufficient in the Sam Gerard deal. Yep. You're not just dumping Sam Gerard to get to clear up five million dollars. Right. You'd the have difference... to turn around and spend that five million dollars to try and go find a replacement for Sam Gerard. The difference in that scenario is New York had their hands tied with Taves, right? They just weren't going to be able to afford to pay him. Yep. The Abs have Gerard on a long-term contract for four more years. Yep. So not only that, but a contract that by the end of it will probably look pretty darn cheap. Yeah. Just based on the cap going up, let alone Gerard's play. So Yeah, when the cap goes up in the range of five million dollars each of the next two seasons, it's like getting a free Gerard each year. Like it's yep. going to be ridiculous. Yeah. So it's it really is an interesting spot to see how the Avs are going to navigate this. And the draft is where it starts, right? 
are they going to do something aggressive or are they just going to sit back and, and make the pick? And look, this is a, this is an organization that has been patient for sure. And they have been one that is, they, they won't, they're not going to get the Kemper thing was a, was a major outlier for them, but they also knew that if they lost that goalie carousel Kemper or nothing, that the Kemper option was still there. It was a break glass in case of emergency kind of thing where they could say, hey, we're going to do this. Yeah. Right now, this 2C thing, you know, Eric Howell signed today. Yep. If you saw that Same contract. In New Jersey. <laughs> that contract is a, should be a good thing for the Avalanche. Because... <laughs> If you're if you're trying to sign now, Evan Rodriguez is a couple years younger, yeah, than Eric Howla, but still, not. I mean, I guess Howla's numbers are better over the last two years, right? So, so if you're Colorado, you're using you're saying, hey, that guy just signed three by three point two. How about we give you four by three point five or three point seven? Boy. To me, that should help what Colorado. Even, what do you even need on. to go that high? I wonder. Uh, I mean, right now, if you look at the evolving hockey model, they have Erod projected for four by four point eight. Okay, well, I would not give him that for sure. I wouldn't either. But they also had Halla projected at a in a three year, three or four year deal, right in the four million dollar range. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I would I would do three at three and a half. Tomorrow for Erod. So would I? I would do four. I have no issues there. Yeah, at three and a half, the the year number almost doesn't matter. But yeah, it, I I do think it will be interesting as more and more of the market starts to get set. Yeah, because you you end up in this weird spot in this time frame of leading up to the draft and then between the draft and free agency, where a bunch of free agents end up staying with their teams, mm-hmm. but they still kind of set the beginning line for the market on some of those free agents because of what they got paid. Now you have to take in hometown discounts and things into effect there a little bit, but nonetheless, those are jumping off points for every NHL team's negotiations, right? So it, the more deals that come out like that, probably the more it helps Colorado of, of guys getting, you know, I don't want to say underpaid, but maybe less than what is expected. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also that, that looming conversation of the Gavrikov, what he did. Yep. How many guys are going to be out there? You know, would Ryan O'Reilly, I think Ryan O'Reilly is, I think that guy, like if he's willing to take a shorter deal, willing to take a two year deal. And say, hey, give me two years at six million dollars. Where the and then I go, can go all right, we can again. Pay that. Yeah. And then in two years, he hits the free agent market right With as the cap jumps up a bunch. Ten million dollars in cap space. Yeah. <laughs> uh this so chat's question of doesn't it feel like Kevin Hayes will be our two C next year with Flyers retaining money? Not my idea of what to do, but just my gut speaking. I don't know. It's one of the many, many, many options out there. I don't think that the Avs hate that idea, especially given their long-term affinity for Kevin Hayes. 
I wonder what the appetite is of Philadelphia to retain money for three more years. It, that's it, where you don't see, that's where a lot of these deals fall apart. Well, is uh, where a lot of these things just don't make sense is that teams aren't going to retain for several years. I mean, I'm sure Seattle would be willing to do that for the right price. But that's the problem, right? What's it going to cost? What's that? I said Philadelphia. Oh, did I say Seattle? My bad. Yeah. yeah. Philly. Uh, you just <laughs> different coast entirely. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, wait, what happened with the Kraken? What are they doing? No, no. Philly, Philly, of course. I, the problem with all of these ideas is you don't know what it costs. Yeah. We talk we talked about this the other day in a vacuum where Seattle just wants to get or I said Seattle again. I don't know. I can't not do it. Where Philly just wants to get rid of Kevin Hayes, is willing to retain and just give him away. Of course the Avs would do it. I mean, they should, but you do have a very real like Kevin Hayes is already 31. Three more years, he's gonna be 34. How yeah, effective is he going to be? There's some drawbacks there, but you know, again, the enticing, how enticing a given player is giving away for nothing. Of course, he's going to be a lot more enticing than a team saying, Hey, we want a first round pick for that retention or whatever. To be honest, if they wanted 27th overall and just 27th overall for Kevin Hayes and they retained interested, yeah, they retained to get him to $5 million per year. I'd probably do it just to be done with it. Yeah. And he's a fine enough player. He's coming off a career year points wise. He's a guy they've liked for years. He's big. You know, he's not going to be a major misfit in Colorado. It's fine. Yeah. It would be fine. Like it. I, I, I do think the Avs fan base has been spoiled a little bit. With with trades in the Joe Sackick era, certainly the modern post Wa Joe Sackick era, yeah, because the dude like only puts out bangers when it comes to trades. It feels like He's not all Taylor trades Swift end up that. GMs. Yeah, yeah. It's just hits, baby. <laughs> the next the next cup that they win, uh, that'll be their eras tour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like. We, at this point, you've now had multiple people like go on media stations and be like, all right, rule number one, don't trade with Joe Sackick. <laughs> so I, I do wonder if it's the fan base's expectations might be a little bit high when it comes to Colorado trading for pieces. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On that note. We are brought to you by the people over at Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get eight different kinds on tap down at the DNVR bar, or you can find it at your local liquor store using the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com. They have a ton of flavors, literally dozens of flavors of Breck Brew, so I guarantee you they have a beer for you, including a bunch of fresh new summer beers like the Mountain Beach Sour. If that's your style, go get into that one. I've always been a big fan of the Strawberry Sky. Uh, tons of other ones to check out, too. So they've got a beer for you, no matter what the weather what is like out there, which it's actually really nice today. Hopefully the rain is done. Please be done, rain. 
we're we're over you. Uh, also brought to you by the people over at Bacchus and Shanker. The weather's been crazy, so maybe there's been a car accident. Call 222-2222 today if you've been in an accident that is not your fault. Even if you were not in a car, if you got hit on a bike or something like that, if it was a rideshare situation, you weren't driving, or it doesn't even have to be accident-related as far as cars, if you were injured at work, anything like that, Bacchus and Shanker can help you get what you deserve. Again, you can press two for a while to get a hold of them or go to coloradolaw.net today. They'll give you a free consultation. If they think you have a case, they will take it on for completely free. You pay nothing until you win your case. They do a lot of that, by the way. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients over the years, and they've been doing it for over 25 years. So they know their way around these types of things. They'll get you what you deserve. Box and Shanker, press two for a while or go to coloradolaw.net today. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. AJ wearing the Ferrari hat today, so set to wore yesterday too. Did you? I didn't even notice. Yeah. You just you just enjoy disappointment or uh yeah. I mean (laughs) my life has been too good sports wise, so uh, I had to embrace a team. I had to embrace a team that was gonna hurt me. Okay, fair enough. Like, like the Rockies are beyond the ability to hurt me at this right. point. Right, it's just numb at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although that Zach Veen news yesterday really made yeah, me feel sucks. bad for him. That's I mean, that's the one that's, thing you were like, hey, at least the young kids can play. Nope. Yeah, I mean Brendan Rodgers for the whole year. Now Zach Veen, like you're just like, dude, this is like their entire pitching staff. Like, yeah, I don't know, unnecessary. It's, Cruel and unusual. It like it's one thing for the Rockies to be incompetent for everybody to be like, yeah, they suck, but now they're unlucky too. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and that's where at least Ferrari, you're looking at Ferrari and you're going, they're just bad at what they do. At least that's at least that's is. just incompetence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just look at Ferrari and you're like, this is self-inflicted. We are checking. We are checking. <laughs> Changed team principal and nothing else changed. Like, right. All right. <laughs> now they've changed their social media manager. Like, all right, we'll see how it goes. Uh, so. I, I, it's an interesting question from Fu in the chat who says, "Why does it feel like NHL players have the decline of that of NFL running backs?" I mean, I don't think it's that aggressive. NFL definitely, running backs definitely rec- declines are like absurd, but yeah. Most it, it's mostly because when running backs get to the league, they're already twenty three or twenty four. Yeah. They've already been hit about two thousand times, and they get through their rookie contract, and very few hold up through the life of a second contract. But the point he's getting at still holds true when you compare it to basketball and baseball. The reality is NHL is a physical sport with. Yeah, a lot of physical contact in it, and that does shorten players' careers. It's when a player plays their entire career Iron Man style, like when a player gets to Patrick Marlowe's level of games or Phil Kessel's thousand game <laughs> streak. Those are huge, huge anomalies in the NHL. Yeah, it's it's just True. the reality of a what is the fastest sport powered by humans. And those bodies crashing into each other all the time. Yep. So. 
Yeah, NHL players get into their, you know, the regulars get well into their 30s, though. Yeah, I'm not saying they have short careers. And then after that, we'll see, but... Yeah. It's also a a league where you do get into it relatively young, right? It's not like baseball where you regularly see 25, 26, 27-year-olds be rookies. Yeah. And not that I mean, there aren't any of baseball's, those. NHL, baseball's but, different because they're they have so their minor league climb is so is like incredible. And, right. You know, like we're I'm lamenting Zach Veen's lost season and he'll be twenty two next year. Yeah. <laughs> actually made it like, to the MLB super quickly. Yeah. Yeah. He'll probably actually be in MLB by the time he's twenty five. Like he'll probably be established by twenty five. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, unfortunately, some of those realities just come with it being a physical high-octane sport. And, yeah, I maybe in 50 years we look back at this and, and think it's barbaric the way we, I think, some of us look at fighting in the league now, certainly when it comes to stage fights and things like that. Yeah, which luckily are... More or less out of the league at this yeah, point. Pretty yeah, pretty much a thing of the past. But without significant change to the existence of hockey as we know it, I don't know how you entirely eliminate that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, back to the NHL draft and this pick for Colorado. Don't need a specifics here for you, but AJ, what is their best thing that Colorado can do? Is it making the pick? Is it trading for other picks? Or is it using the pick to get a roster player? And without knowing which roster player, I think that's a really hard answer. But that's the I point think, of the question. Yeah. I do think that that's my preferred route is okay. use that, use it. Um, uh, to get to get a guy that helps your NHL team right now, all right. You just you just need that. Uh, as much as is this draft class is good, and as much as I would like you and I have to, for something to do on thir- on Wednesday, um, I just think that it's probably easiest. Yeah, certainly, the most straightforward path. Uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's, uh, like, I, I'm i of the opinion they use their, that I, what I would do is I would use two first-rounders and try and go get somebody good. <laughs> Solve your problems, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and try to find a, a sweet spot somewhere in there of uh, not the Shifleys and not, not, not these guys that are pushing their 30s. I would use, I would try and use both first-rounders and Sean Barron's to try and go and get, you know, somebody that's 25 years old. I, I too would be very interested in that. I imagine it would be very, very difficult to sort that trade out though. Yeah. But that's like, that's the, you know, just we're already in Philly, but that's your Morgan Frost conversation. Sure. Where your dream best case scenario. Yeah. And you know, Morgan Frost, I, I mean, I think Morgan Frost is probably a bad fit there because I think Philly is serious about trying to win games. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Philly letting him go. But um, not the I don't, I don't either. But that's it was the it, I, their cap friendly was sitting in front of me, so that was my answer. 
Um, I would say maybe maybe Montreal with Kirby Doc. Um, yeah, go to Buffalo be... with like Peyton Krebs or something. Yeah. Well, I would want somebody better than Krebs. I um, I hear what you're saying, but so... you're looking for a young center. That exactly. I mean, have Casey, Middle, Casey Middlestat, man, like Casey Middlestat's yeah. another one where See, I'm having that conversation. I, I love Owen Tippett, Race Rocks fan, but he's not a center. So it's kind of doesn't make a ton of sense for Colorado. Yeah. It, it just doesn't. Yeah. Not that like if they were giving away Owen Tippett, you should be all over it. But if the Avs are actively seeking a deal, they should be looking for a center. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I maybe like really going back to Montreal and Kirby Doc, especially if Montreal takes, let's say Will Smith gets to them at five and they take Will Smith. Sure. You know, have a replacement for him there, kind of. With Suzuki and Dvorak. Yeah. Then you throw in Will Smith, and it's kind of like, okay, you know, I know Dvorak plays plenty of wing as well, but. You know, that's one where it's like, hey, Kirby Doc, the Avs loved Kirby Doc in his draft year. They were fully prepared to take that guy in the, in his draft year. Yep. Um, you know, he's 22 years old. He's signed for $3.3 million for the next three years. That's not a great, um, like, that's not a, that's not a solution with confidence, I don't think. I would agree. Not uh, just be because he hasn't had that big breakout, has not proven it. I mean, he had a, a much, much better year last year than anything he ever did in Chicago. No yep. surprise. <laughs> but I like you're still dreaming a little bit there. Like you're between Kirby Doc and Alex Newhook, you're kind of having the same conversation. And we we've talked about this though, right? And yes, in a perfect world, a star player gets money retained and the Avs go out and solve that problem. But the reality of this offseason is somewhere the Avs are going to have to find some value. Maybe that's not necessarily yep. at 2C, but they're going to have to find contracts that players outperform. Yeah, and instead of all these conversations about Kuznetsov and get them to retain and uh, uh, Hayes and get them to retain and Henrique and get them to retain and all this, you know, with Kirby Doc, you're like, hey, we just went and did this thing. And and over the last five years, you have a lot of faith in the Avs professional scouting to get these things right because yep. they've gotten it right a lot. And then and then for Colorado's guys at the top to work a deal that they're comfortable with, that they can live with the price of. Yep. And for me, would two first round picks right now for Kirby Doc be probably too rich given what he's done in the NHL so far? Probably. But do you take that chance? Has a 60 point season. Exactly. Then you're looking at it and you're saying, even if he has a 50 point season, you're saying he's only 22 years old. We've got this now. We're good. Yep. So there's always going to be some risk there, but sometimes you have to take that risk. Yeah. And that will, and that's where it's like, I, I two first round, but one of those first round picks, the 27th overall, again, on its own, not super valuable, not going to be incredibly valuable to Montreal. And, uh, (laughs) Obviously, you can't see the future, but being realistic, you're expecting Colorado's first round pick next year to be late twenties at best. You would say you would say the 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 kind of delta that you're working around is twenty five. Yeah, barring unforeseen things. Yeah, you kind of just say twenty five ish and go. Yep. From there. Yep. 
Uh, okay. I think we can wrap up today's show unless there's anything else you want to add, AJ. I mean, the answer to this question of why spend assets on Doc at 3.3 for three years when you can sign Erod for free at three and a half for three years. One, if you could sign him for three We're and both. a half at three years, I think it would be done. Yep. Um, I would hope that the Howler deal would get the abs uh, are closer to that point. <laughs> but I think if that was if if that was all Erod was asking for. I, but the I, other the other question the other answer there is Kirby Doc is twenty two and Evan Rodriguez is twenty nine. I also you need both of those players in your yeah. lineup. Yeah, and having both getting both of them, you want to talk about cost efficiency, having your two C cost you three three point three and your three C cost you whatever new hook's gonna cost, and Erod costing you three point three. If all of those combined end up costing you nine million dollars, is that better than going and getting Elias Lindholm and paying him nine million next year? I don't know the answer to that, but I think I would like that world more. Yeah, same. You're that's half of your middle six solved for $9 million. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and that's for multiple years. Right. Indefinitely solved. <laughs> yeah. And and instead of you're using those same assets to go and get Elias Lindholm and watch him leave after a year, or you play Sophie's Choice here, you keep Elias Lindholm and Devon Taves walks. Yeah, it- you're losing something either way there. Exactly. And this would be that kind of middle ground. I don't even know if Montreal's interested in moving Kirby Doc. I wouldn't be, but, you know. We'll so, just have to wait and see. Uh, anyway, I, I think that that would be, that's where I would go with it, is I would try and make the big deal for a younger guy and not all these guys that we're talking about that are already 30 years old. Well, once the Avs do whatever they do, I'm sure... People will love it. People will hate it. And we'll be here to talk about it either way. I guarantee, I guarantee you <laughs> that is exactly how it goes. People will love it. Some people will hate it. Why do my fingers look orange? You are kind of look orangey. I think it's just the way the light's popping off of it. It's got to because I, when I look at it, it's not. On... <laughs> anyway, that Despite was weird. AJ's Cheeto fingers. Uh, I wish I had a Cheeto at least. (laughs) If I'm going to look like one, I might might as well be because I I ate too many of them. Damn it. Few big things. We are doing a big mock draft with All City on Tuesday, the day before the draft. So you can come see all of our PHNX and CHGO's thoughts on how the draft might go. And then we will be doing a live big draft show for the draft itself. As always, come hang out with AJ and I as we make Mm. fun of picks and stuff. Roast my roster Monday. That too. Yes, we also are doing that. So get your rosters in on Cap Friendly. Put DNVR in the title. So we I'm can looking at a uh, Cap Friendly is via GM right now. You guys have done this in mass. <laughs> uh, thank you. I always love that. I think it's very funny when people who don't know what DNVR is get upset yep. because they're like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, it's very so Thank funny. you for those who've already yeah. submitted. Submit some more. Also, a couple more videos of potential prospects that the Evs could be looking at at 27 coming your way on the YouTube channel. So be sure to like and subscribe. Lots of content. It's a it's a busy next 15 or so days for us. Uh, we appreciate all y'all. We're going to get out of here and we will talk to you in the next one.